we dive in earnest into the first chapter of the book of James, written by the half-brother of Jesus, our Lord, a general letter to the church. So today we are going to be in James 1, 2 through 8, and I will read as we ready ourselves to receive communion. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given you. But ask in faith never doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For the doubter, being double-minded and unstable in every way, must not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Have you ever been told that you needed to grow up? It's not usually something we want to hear even when we're young, from a parent or a sibling or a friend. Sometimes adults say it to one another in the heat of the moment when someone that they're with is acting like a child in their mind. Oh, you should just grow up. But being told to grow up bothers us, especially when we think we're mature. It's a surprise to hear that we're not seen that way sometimes by others. When we read this passage in James, we get the feeling that he's telling us to grow up. Not in a mean way, like others may have done, but in a coming alongside, I have been there kind of way. As a leader, he is calling us to examine how it is that we remain alive in Christ. Now, James is communicating here two overarching ideas that we don't necessarily also want to hear. First is his counsel to think of it as a joy when we have trials. Nobody wants to do that. We struggle and we cry out when difficult things happen. Joy is not usually part of the equation. Secondly, he's telling us not to doubt. Well, how would that work? Isn't it a process to believe in a God that we cannot see? We want permission to explore our doubts and not be shamed by them. So telling us only to be happy in times of heartache while exercising perfect faith seems impossible for us to do even if we really wanted to, which of course we don't. And if this is the core of Christianity, then we are all lost souls. Do you know one of the hardest parts, I think, about growing up? It's the discipline that it takes to do it well. It takes discipline to learn how to spend money in a smart way. It requires training to get oneself to bed on time because work is the next morning. We have to learn how to get chores done in a timely manner so we have something to wear to the job that we have to get up for and something to pack maybe for lunch. It's impossible to function without some kind of discipline in every area of our lives. While James is talking about maturity and wisdom, he is framing it in how it is that we choose to regulate ourselves 
how it is that we discipline ourselves so that we might grow up well in the faith. So I want us to look at the different ways that he's encouraging us to have discipline with ourselves as it pertains to faith in Christ. He says, when you have trials, choose to have joy. Now, we know that difficult circumstances don't bring joy when we go through them at all. They bring sadness. We don't like them. We fight against them. And remember that trials don't just come with sad things. Having a baby, getting a new job, a new relationship, all of those things can be a trial because there's a learning curve that's hard for us. And notice that James is not saying that we should rejoice in having the trials. Rather, we should rejoice that through them, God is going to do something good in us. The joy is becoming better people and learning more how faithful and amazing he is. Last week, Nick shared his testimony and talked about how his entire life came crashing down in 2008 everything he lost. And he said something like this. I'm paraphrasing. Sorry. Looking back, he said, this was the best thing that ever happened to me. Through such a bitter trial, he found Jesus because trials are an opportunity to find new joys that we didn't know that we needed. James also says that the testing of our faith in the testing of our faith, we should allow endurance to have its full effect in us. Endurance is a discipline, if you think about it. Trials produce endurance. Endurance is an athletic term, meaning to build up muscle and strength. To endure is the ability to go far distances without needing to stop. Or the ability to know how to pace oneself, to persevere to the end. Trials allow us to learn how to prevail how to persevere, which we need to learn because they're not going to stop. The trials are just going to keep on coming. There are an infinite number of goals one can have in one's life. Here, the main purpose of the trials we face, according to James, is maturity. Maturity is the biggest theme in this letter. In fact, James talks about maturity more than any other writer in the New Testament. Endurance will lead to a faith that is being fully developed. But like any kind of training, we have to choose what our goals will be. If we want to be like Christ, it will be evident in how we go through painful circumstances. But to not endure in our faith when we're tested means that we give up. What's the other choice? That we endure or we quit? Believing somehow that God isn't enough or that we're not enough. Another discipline that James calls us to is to ask God for wisdom when we need it. Now, I think this is tricky because people who think that they're so mature don't always ask for wisdom. See how asking for wisdom is tied to endurance here. When we're deep in grief, when we're deep in a learning curve and we're overwhelmed, it's not usually the time that we ask for wisdom. If we need a decision to make or we're at a crossroads, maybe. What we most want when life is hard is for God to take it away. So we may pray for strength, we may pray for comfort, but not always wisdom. 
In scripture, wisdom comes only from the Lord. We seek it out, out of a reverence for God, knowing and believing with all that we are that he is greater than we. Wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is being able to discern what is true. To apply what we've learned in a way that honors the Lord and puts us in alignment with his will. God wants us to have wisdom, which is what James says. He gives it to us abundantly. He doesn't begrudge us wisdom. He knows that we need his wisdom. I read this week that knowledge sees that the stoplight has turned red, but wisdom applies the brakes. It's a discipline for us to seek wisdom, especially in the middle of adversity. James tells us when we ask for wisdom, we shouldn't doubt that God will provide it. Of course, we have to have intellectual honesty because doubts are normal. He's talking about the kind of waffling that leads nowhere. He's describing a person who is always of two minds as if there's some kind of war going on inside of them. If you trust God, stick to that. It's natural to turn to God when times are hard, but James is saying when things go back to being good, continue to trust God. Don't rely on yourself when things get better. Now here we see also the first word picture in this book, a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. We're familiar with the ocean whose waves are controlled by the tides, but a wave on a calm lake or a sea like the Sea of Galilee, those waves go with the direction of the wind. And James is saying, as Christians, you don't want to be blown around by the winds of culture or by the winds of your circumstances or by the winds of people who are around you. We've seen in the Gospels where the disciples got in trouble on the Sea of Galilee because the winds quickly changed around them. And James is saying, it doesn't matter where the wind is going. Don't be like a wind, the wave that just gets blown everywhere. Trust in the Lord. That's a discipline. When the, way, when the winds are going all around us, to stay focused on God, to be where he is. It's easy for us to see how others need to grow up while ignoring what we ourselves still need to learn. As you come for communion today, it's good to reflect where you need to mature in Christ. To use James's words, what do you lack? The word here reminds us that the Christian faith requires discipline. Choosing to grow through trials and doubts is an important training time if we allow God to do his work in us. Also, Hebrews 12 says that Jesus endured the cross for us. And that writer goes on to say that because Jesus endured the cross for us, that we look to him when we face trials, that we don't grow weary or lose heart. We endure trials for the sake of discipline. The writer says this, Because for those who choose to be trained by them, it produces a crop of righteousness and peace in one's heart and mind. So it's the cross that allows us to choose joy, knowing that in all of our trials there is redemption and ultimate hope. We can trust 
God. And communion is an act of trust in the one who died for us. In the things that you have brought into sanctuary today, the Lord wants you to trust him, to give to him what is burdening your heart, what is making you weary in your soul and in your mind. The Lord wants to carry that with you. You can trust him. So communion is an act of trust, and we examine how it is that we're trusting him with our doubts and our difficulties. So let's allow Jesus, whose sacrifice we celebrate and remember today, to meet us with his love and truth as we prayerfully commune with him. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.